This is Current Events Part 1, Whack. So there's kind of a lot that's happening right now in Wall Street, abortion, and cyber war. And so let's start off with Wall Street. So I need to lead off with a little bit of an apology. If you listened to the last episode I did on creating the sonic gravity anti-gravity turbine, then you know that I accidentally got manic for a bit, so I've started to come down and I'm just a little teeny bit low, and so I'm a little bit slow getting this episode on. And that's kind of a problem because one of the things I wanted to talk about is what I think is going on in the stock market right now. And I don't have any inside information and I'm not a financial advisor, so don't take my financial advice and don't think for a second that this is like some kind of hot tip. And remember, right now you're viewing the universe through the eyes of a madman, but it did occur to me that in 2016, the stock market, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, was about 16 or 17,000. And a little more than a week ago, it was between 37 and 36,000. And I realized that over the last several years, the big corporations really haven't been paying any taxes, so I did the math on Now, the corporate tax over the last couple years was supposed to have been pretty close to 21%. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average was between 7,000 and 18,000 four years ago. So if you do 17,000 times 1.2, the fourth power, you get about 35,251. And at the beginning of September, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was 35,360. So that's pretty close. It's about 99.7% accurate. But Congress is looking to pass a budget soon. And I've heard some talk on the news that, that the new budget and the new administration is saying that corporations and market actors are going to be paying taxes again. And that's cool. I think that's the way it should be. And it all goes back to the hitchhiker's maxim. Cash, grass, gas, or ass. Nobody rides for free. Because many hands make light work, and when everybody pitches in, everybody gets where they need to go. But if by the first of the year corporations are going to need to be paying taxes again, we all need to be ready for the market correction that's going to happen as soon as all the analysts price in the impact of corporations having to pay tax. And it's going to be reflected in the stock prices. But I wanted to get my podcast out so that I could give the Sonic Tribe my perspective in case they found it useful. And I saw in the media that there was a huge stock market dip of like six or 800 points, and I was kind of bummed because I could have spared you that. And the media outlets were attributing this loss to nervousness over some obscure, unknown real estate company in China and COVID. And that's what they were telling us is the real reason for the dip in the markets. But I don't believe it because it doesn't make sense. It just smells like bullshit. And here's why. But don't take my word for it. I'm not trying to change your mind or convince you of anything, be sure to ask your financial planner. But I don't think the slide in the markets has anything to do with real estate in China at all. That's fucking dumb and it's insulting. It insults my intelligence when I see stupid shit in the media like that. And I'm not going to let them fuck over the Sonic tribe. Because I think it's pretty obvious that the slide in the market reflects the correction for corporations having to pay taxes next year. And so I think the correction is going to be close to 21%. So by that reasoning, the slide in the markets is not going to stop until the Dow hits around 28,000. And no, I don't know for sure, and I'm not a financial planning expert or a fortune teller. I just thought you might find it interesting, and I think it makes sense. Because the people who are powerful enough to control the media have stock holdings that are large enough to move the market whenever they sell. Whenever they start selling, the market starts to go down because they have a lot to sell. And so it's important for them to blame the dip in the market that results from selling their 
holdings on anything else besides the fact that they're selling their holdings. Because if you knew there was going to be a 21% market correction attributable to the corporations needing to pay taxes this year, then you'd probably sell your holdings until that tax liability was priced into the stock price, just like they are. So don't quote me on it, but bah, go ahead and quote me on it. I don't think this slide in the market's going to stop until the Dow hits around 28,000. I don't know for sure. I'm not a financial planner or a fortune teller, but I thought you might find it interesting. And one of the things that really makes me take a critical eye at the stock market is whenever is whenever they blame the dip in the market on something very specific, the dumber the reason, the more skeptical I become. And this is why they invented dark pool markets, is that people with lots of holdings who want to dump them before the bad things that are going to happen that they know are going to happen that you don't know they're going to happen, they want to be able to sell without moving the market. They don't want you to know. They know they want to sell before you can sell because they don't want the loss. They want you to take the loss. And that is a fact. And you'll see it's really schizophrenic. They just blame the 600 point drop on some Chinese company called Evergrande. And Evergrande only owes about 89 billion. And I know 89 billion is kind of a lot of money, but in 2008, when greedy banks torpedoed the American economy, the bailout that the American people funded for the banks was about 205 billion. And this is China. And China ain't gonna let that happen. So I'm not personally very interested in Evergrande cover stories. If the market dips down to 27 or 28,000 over the next several months, then you'll know exactly why. It's really, really simple. The stock prices over the last several years reflect corporations not having to pay taxes over the last several years. And now they're going to have to start paying taxes. And so the stock price is going to go down a little bit because the companies are going to have to pay taxes. And you know that's a fact. That's just common sense. And just remember this and don't let anybody tell you any different. The markets don't go down because there's some company somewhere that can't pay their bills. Markets go down because somebody with a lot of holdings is selling. And that too is a fact. And that's enough about boring things like stock markets. And I want to turn to the enemy cyber attacks and the wasted opportunity to use American cyber privateers. And this is kind of a glimpse into a parallel universe where the president of the United States is an autistic, bipolar psychopath. I think you're going to like it. In August 2021, T-Mobile suffered a data breach to hackers that accessed for personal details of over 500 million people. Russian hackers shut down the world's largest meat processing company, JBS, shut down facilities in the US and Canada and Australia, and in May, Russian attackers shut down the Colonial Pipeline and raised American gas prices. And also in May, there was a Russian widespread ransomware attack where academia and government and education and retail, just all kinds of industries, and even shut down Maryland schools for a bit. And I guess that sounds a little weird, but that's where I'm from, so just saying it affected my world. And the Chinese are trying to hack the networks of American defense contractors to get military technology and secrets all the time, and that is a fact. And the Chinese even hacked our American casinos for over a hundred million in ransom, and that is a lot. Chinese hackers even hacked New York City's Metro Transportation Authority, and they never got their access back. And during the 2020 election, the commander of the U.S. Army Cyber Command testified that they were running more than two dozen operations to confront foreign threats against our voting system. And I think it's time we said, fuck that. Now back in 1776, when America declared its independence, we had some trouble with foreign
foreign naval activity, and so the president of the Continental Congress at the time was John Hancock, and he issued special licenses called Letters of Marquis. He created a special breed of legit pirates called privateers, and the letter would identify the commander of a vessel, the berthing of the vessel, the size of the vessel, and the crew of the vessel, authorize them in a warlike manner using force of arms to attack the seas and take ships and other vessels belonging to the enemies of America. Then they would bring what they captured to court and the court would rule that it was legit or not and if it was legit then America would condemn the captured loot and the privateers got to keep it. They got to eat whatever they hunted. And this is why you don't ever want a bipolar autistic psychopath with ADHD and PTSD as your president because if I was president of the United States, I would issue letters of marquee and I would turn Microsoft, Google, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and every hacker in Silicon Valley, every IT company, every porn site, every disillusioned millennial, every angry, angst-filled, app-writing Gen Z gamer, I would rally them all and unleash them on Russia, China, North Korea, and any other American adversary. And to all of them, I'd say it is your patriotic duty to defend your country. We are at war. It's a silent, asymmetric war, but a war nonetheless, and we will protect this house. And I would tell them, you get to eat whatever you hunt. If you lock up a Russian bank or power company, whatever ransom you extract goes right in your pocket. And those American patriots, fueled by their own financial self-interest, would crush the enemies of this country so hard, they would ring them for every nickel, and they would cripple their email and every form of their digital existence. We would see them all beg us to make it stop. I would make the enemies of this country beg. And that would be the last time that Russia or China or North Korea or any other American adversary ever hacked America ever again, and that is a fact. No, Putin wants to turn off the colonial pipeline that supplies fuel to the East Coast? Okay, watch this. I'll pay a special bounty to anyone who can lock out Putin's petroleum distribution network during the Russian winter, just so I can watch him burn his own furniture and personal property to stay warm. Oh, you want to put bounties on the heads of our soldiers? I'll put bounties on the personal assets and accounts of the Russian heads of state and their families and their neighbors, and you will all live without electricity until further notice. You know, and cyber war, I know it's kind of a new thing, but as far as I'm concerned, cyber war is still war. And I think when it comes to asymmetric war, you can't just be in defense mode. You can't just upgrade your cybersecurity posture and antivirus software. I mean, that's how you become Putin's bitch. In my mind, you're not protecting yourself from a cyber threat if you're not in the attack. And neither this or the last administration is getting it right. I mean, shortly after the last president was elected, the Secretary of State's personal email files were hacked and dumped on the internet. And the last president just sat there and eh, didn't really care. And we became Putin's bitch, even though the CIA and all the national intelligence services all confirmed that Putin meddled in our election. And the last president just kind of shrugged and said, well, President Putin was very stern in his denial that his country didn't tamper with the election. And he said it very strongly. And I don't know why he would. We were all Putin's bitches after that. And I've seen nothing that makes me think that this administration is any different in the sense that our gas pipeline was shut down. Our food was shut down by the Russians. Our schools were shut down by the Chinese. And it's still happening. Which, at the end of the day, means that this president isn't any better than the last president. And that is a fact. But there was a delicious irony about Letters of Marquis that just absolutely shocked me in the last couple weeks as we come to the 
this Texas abortion law. Now, Texas has given us a clinic in the use and issue of said letters of marquee. And I'm taking notes because I think this is the first time since Hitler that anybody's tried to pull this off. And when I say this, I mean ratting out your neighbor to the state. Because to my knowledge, this is the very first time that the U.S. has ever put a bounty on the heads of pregnant ladies. So the bounty isn't on the ships of an enemy country. It's turned against our own citizenry. The state rewards people for turning them in. And Hitler did that in Germany to target and control his political opponents, even turning children against their own parents, and that is a fact. And now the government of Texas is saying if you tell on someone in Texas that performs or participates in an abortion after six weeks, then Texas will reward you by letting you sue your neighbor and get their money. Now why is Texas turning neighbors against each other? Because the Texas government doesn't have the constitutional authority to do it as the government. So the law in Texas makes abortions illegal if there's any detectable heartbeat, which is generally thought of to be the sixth week of pregnancy, and to enforce it, it gives citizens who know about it the right to sue, and then they can get $10,000 plus court fees if they win. So it's kind of like a Texas letter of marquees, allowing citizens to kind of get in the business of other people and take their money, which, and that's a little bit like the letters of marquee that I talked about issuing hackers to fight a cyber war against the enemies of our country, but the two big differences are that I'm not turning other Americans against each other like Hitler did, and I would never encourage the hacking of another American's uterus. Now, I extensively revealed my position on abortion in Politics Part 4 that I'm totally against abortion, but I don't think the state has the authority to legislate from inside the womb. And my whole answer to this abortion issue I revealed at the end of that episode, and that was that if we can rip out someone's heart and replace it with a machine or someone else's heart, why aren't we investing in proactive technology so that if a mother doesn't want to be pregnant, we can remove the pregnancy with a medical procedure that is safer than abortion but doesn't kill the baby, so the baby can be incubated and allowed to continue growing so everybody wins. And when you see this on the news, everybody kind of thinks this new law is really different and smart. It's a civil statute and the burden of proof is lower. It's only a preponderance of the evidence and people can be compelled to testify because it's not a criminal proceeding so they can't plead the fifth. So that's pretty sharp. But here's the thing, it doesn't matter who enforces the law, it's still a law that prohibits abortion. So just because this statute doesn't say the state can send you to jail, they're gonna just let other citizens take your money that you need to feed your family. The thing that matters though is that the statute makes it a legal violation. And Roe v. Wade doesn't say that the state can't punish, it says that mommy has the right to an abortion without excessive government restriction. And six weeks is before many moms even know they're pregnant, so that's excessive government restriction. So it's fair to say that when it comes right down to it, this isn't really a very novel situation. We're right back where we started, where it's just another excuse to put a case before the Supreme Court to give them a chance to overturn Roe versus Wade. The only difference is, is that the notorious RBG is gone, so the Supreme Court is a little dumber than it used to be. And that is a fact. And I talked about a couple of things in Politics Part 4, but I think they bear repeating. And I'm not trying to change anybody's mind, and I'm not trying to prove a point or push an agenda. You are just viewing the universe through the eyes of a madman. But I think on this particular issue, I have a more objective perspective, I think, than many. And I'm about ready to say some things that I think will surprise you. Some things that I haven't heard very many people talk about, and I don't think it's possible to have a real discussion about abortion, unless people can really see reality. 
And it doesn't matter where you come down on the spectrum or the issue. And in the immortal words of Doc Holliday, I have two guns, one for each of you. Because in the American abortion debate, it always seems like it's the conservative evangelicals that are really pushing the issue. And they do it in the name of their faith and the sanctity of life. But do you know what the Bible says about abortion? Do you know? Well, guess what? It says nothing. Yeah. The Bible says nothing about abortion. Ask any biblical scholar, they'll tell you that. Ask somebody to show you in the Bible where it says abortion is wrong. No words like that exist anywhere in the Bible, and that is a fact. They'll try and say, oh, because this, this, and so this, and that, and here's why, and, and like John left in the womb, and so there you go, abortion is wrong. And I'm a Christian man, I believe abortion is wrong, but it doesn't say that in the Bible, and that is a fact. And I talked about how in Politics Part 4 it could have said that in the Bible because in the Epistle of Barnabas, and Barnabas was essentially disciple of the Apostle Paul who wrote an epistle that said straight up, abortion is wrong. And the Barnabas epistle also said, love your neighbor more than yourself, which Americans don't seem to subscribe to either because we pretty much don't give a shit about our neighbors fleeing anarchy in Central and South America. And nobody actually disputes gang-driven anarchy and complete governmental corruption and women being raped constantly and all that anarchy totally exists down there but when they fucking walk across the world to get to america and they show up for asylum we're all fuck you guys and i get it but don't call yourself a christian if that's what you think because jesus would say let the children come to me for they will inherit the kingdom of god but i digress this episode isn't about hypocrisy it's about abortion or well anyway when they wrote the bible in 400 a.d they left out the barnabas epistle and that means that everything in the barnabas epistle is not the word of god and they left it out on purpose because it could have said abortion was wrong like the quran explicitly does but it doesn't say that it could have but it doesn't on purpose and if that's a shock to you this is really gonna get you because in the old testament the bible says god gave moses 10 commandments and the fifth one is thou shalt not kill right but right after god gave him the 10 commandments he appeared to moses in his tent above the ark of the covenant where the 10 commandments were stored and god told moses in numbers chapter 5 verse 11 to 22 that if a man thinks his wife cheated on him and he brings her to the priest with an offering and the priest will curse her and if she's cheated on her husband and that's why she's pregnant god will kill her baby in the womb and you can look it up in the new international version of the bible in numbers 5 verses 11 11 to 22 that pretty much says a man can get god to give his wife an abortion if he thinks his wife cheated and it isn't killing under the fifth commandment because god gave this ritual curse to moses the day after he gave moses the fifth commandment thou shalt not kill so according to numbers 5 11 to 22 god is okay with aborting a fetus and it's not killing within the meaning of the fifth commandment to me that's god kind of signing off on abortion the man wants it the priest prays for it and performs the curse and that's pretty much god performing the abortion himself right don't take my word for it, look it up. So for the Christians, that's kind of a big check mark in favor of abortion in the Bible, and that too is a fact. I mean, God can put it on the heart of a Christian to believe abortion's wrong, and that's fine. That's what he did to me. But don't ever let anybody tell you the Bible says it, because it doesn't. And I think if we're going to have an honest conversation about abortion in America, then we have to have an honest conversation about abortion in America. But what really pegs the meter on my bullshit detector is when somebody talks about the sanctity of life. Because according to the Pew Research Center, 77% of Republicans and 35% of Democrats are okay with 12 idiots in a jury box sending someone to the electric chair. So how can somebody say life is sacred 
and then say murder is okay, especially when it's been shown by DNA that so many people on death row were wrongly convicted. But here's the weirdest part. Here's the thing that makes me think when it comes to abortion, all you beautiful normal people are even crazier than I am. Because American conservatives are those laissez-faire, deregulating originalists arguing about limited governmental power, and they seem to abandon their political values when they say they want the government to stay out of the business of gun regulation, to get out of business regulation, and they rail against regulations and laws that would make immunizations and even fucking wearing masks mandatory. But on this issue, they're suddenly willing to climb into a woman's uterus to regulate and legislate her bodily functions. On the other hand, at the same time, liberals, those vegan, tree-hugging, environmental Karens, will lay down in traffic to stop a developer from building on property they own in the defense of unborn fish eggs that may or may not be found near a wetland breeding habitat, and then with the same conscience turn around and demand their right to murder a growing human baby she knows is kicking and growing inside somebody else's belly. Personally, I believe in a woman's right to control her own body, even if she's still growing inside her mother's womb. But that's just me. But the one thing that I know, I know, and that is the state is incompetent to make those choices for a human being, and that is a fact. So in the eyes of a madman, the American landscape of the politics of abortion is simply a moral and logical dumpster fire. Liberals are willing to fight for unborn wildlife while they fight tooth and nail for the right to kill unborn humans. Conservatives rage against the reach of government regulation while they write legislation to regulate a woman's downstairs. Evangelicals fight abortion in the name of the Bible, but the Bible is silent on the righteousness of abortion on purpose, and God even gave Moses a curse to abort a baby conceived in adultery. And 77% of conservatives and 35% of Democrats think that life is sacred, but they forget that later because 12 idiots in a jury box can decide to take that sacred life if they want. People argue about the sanctity of life, but don't bat an eye when someone pulls the plug on someone in a coma. Both the pro-choice and the anti-choice people cite reasons for their position that are just not true and are often apparently self-contradictory in their other policy positions. And how about the people who fight for the unborn, but then when the baby is born, they're like, fuck you, welfare baby, and the welfare mommy wrote in on, congratulations, we got you this far, now you're on your own. And what good is that? But just remember, you're orbiting in my sonic gravity, and you're seeing the universe through the eyes of a madman, a psychopath unbound by social convention and the perspective of those who care about the things that other people care about. And I can't get away from the conclusion that the real reason abortion laws exist is because misogyny exists exists and has ruled human civilization time immemorial. Because when you objectively think about it, God didn't give Moses a curse to cast on a husband that a wife thought was unfaithful. It was just men dominating women for something that obviously men do too, right? Because you just can't have an adultery baby unless you have an adultery dick in the picture too, right? So it's kind of all about men trying to control what goes on in a woman's body and nobody cared what she had to say about it. And it really comes down to this. If pregnancy meant a man was bound to put his life, plans, education, and career on hold for 18 years to raise a child, and in the process of that pregnancy required him to gain 50 pounds, could permanently damage his genitals, and forced him to carry a watermelon around in his belly for months, after which he was forced to push a cantaloupe out of his ass, and after having done that, he'd be forced to roll the dice, and if he rolls a Yahtzee, he gets shot in the head, which is close to the mathematical probability of dying in childbirth, then abortion restrictions wouldn't even be a thing. If men gave birth, there would be all kinds of special considerations and protections for employment
treatment for men. You'd be able to pick up an abortion at the grocery store on sale with a 15% coupon and a loyalty rewards program for repeat customers. And there you have it. Wall Street, cyber war, and abortion in the mind of madness. And thanks again for staying with me. And I know I owe you. been a little bit erratic with the publication schedule. There's a lot that I want to tell you about the Voorhees anti-gravity engine. And the most exciting stuff is kind of the hate that I get. Because there was a theoretical physicist recently, a specialist in quantum mechanics. And I was going to be on a panel with him. And I was totally pumped, so I sent him all my stuff. And I was like, hey, here's the sonic gravity theory of everything and the quantum echo hypothesis. I was like, let me know. Tell me what a real physicist thinks. And he got me thrown off the panel. He said if I was on the panel, he wasn't coming. And then he told the host that I'm just noise and that I don't have any scientific credentials. Man, it's hard. Objectively, it's hard to argue with that. But then he said something that astounded me. And that is not easy to do. He said I was noise. He said I had no credentials. And then he said, but he's not wrong. But I told him I'm not just noise, I am sonic gravity. So until we talk again, I want you to remember, just remember anytime somebody comes against you, the only reason they're trying to hold you back is because you're moving forward. And that is a fact. Mm-hmm.